Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Good morning. It is a delight to be with you this week. And if you are listening to the show at a later time, good afternoon and good evening. I am so excited to be where I am today. Uh, typically, I'm in the Charleston, South Carolina area and enjoy that um, area so much. But I have traveled up to D.C. and have just been basking and bathing in the museums in the city and the landscape that is here and have seen some extraordinary things. And in particular, I have seen a couple of exhibits that really talk about stories, the stories that we tell, the stories that we experience, and how we are so shaped by beautiful stories. And so often we don't realize the mysticism that is also included, the insight, the awareness, how we unearth not only what this world is about, but who we are in this world. And we start to discover our nature. We start to discover who we are and how we're being and how similar or different we are from the people, places, and things around us. And I think that we're truly here for that self-realization and that awakening. And so often that does come from talking to others who have had their own different experiences with life and with living and uh, in this case with nature. My guest today is Ana Maria Vasquez, and she is a well-known multi-sensory animal and nature intuitive, a master teacher and founder of Intention Training. She uh, has been a natural energy reader who lifts the veil between what's happening in the 3D world and the energetic patterns behind it. And through teaching, speaking, and remote sessions, her profound connection with the natural world helps you to understand the messages coming from the animals and nature while unpacking your intuitive backpack. She is the author of a new book in the Common Sentient series titled Nature, Divine Experiences with Trees, Plants, Stones, and Landscapes. She's a shamanic practitioner, a certified intuitive strategist, and a sacred stories luminary. And today we are going to be discussing some of the tips and Uh, insights from that book, Nature, one of the quotes that she has said is, we're shifting from doing things to animals and nature to being in collaboration with them. And that's a really powerful statement because as human beings, we can often become very dominant and very possessive and very strong armed in our environments with other people, with places and things. But we are here to be in collaboration with everyone and everything around us. And that means softness. That means nature. That means being natural. Without further ado, I'd love to invite you, Anna Maria, to 1111 Talk Radio. It is an honor to have you here. Oh, what a joy to be here and with this community of sweet souls who are really going to get this, right? Like this conversation, this is very inherent for all of us who are on our path of expansion. And and really pointing to this unity consciousness. So thank you for providing a space for us to have these soulful conversations. Of course. I think there's nothing that feels more like home than nature. 
And whether or not we even know that, there is something that does happen to each and every one of us when we go out into a forest, when we lean against a tree, when we sit on the grass, or when we see an animal that approaches us, or we see a baby cub or a puppy or any sort of thing that uh, seems to have this sense of nature that is almost beyond words sometimes, that helps us remember something that oftentimes we don't seem to be able to remember. Talk a little bit about that unspeakable sense that we feel when we get in nature, when we are around animals, when we touch that part of ourselves that we don't even know is part of us. Yes, exactly. Very well put. Because we are nature, and we forget that, right? For ages, we were in nature. We were so closely um, associated with and in relationship with and over time and, and in our moving forward and growing, we, we forgot. We moved out. And I love that sweet spot where science meets spirituality. And so when we are out in nature, there are things happening, right? On a biological level, we are being flooded with negative ions, which in our synthetic environments where we live, we're being, those negative ions are being pulled from us and they're being depleted in our bodies. So as soon as we head outside, immediately the earth herself and all of the organic materials in the form of the plants and the rocks and, and the soil itself is flooding us with those much-needed negative ions that help bring us back into balance and remember. And even just from the aerosols that the trees themselves are releasing, you know, think about in our homes, you know, maybe we diffuse essential oils. Well, that's the source, right? A tree releasing those aerosols and all of those aspects help us remember our part, right? I spoke about unity consciousness earlier, and it helps us remember that we are not, you know, the separate entity. We are part of that nature. And when we are out in nature, it's the quickest way back to ourselves. It's a natural way to quiet all of those other voices that are vying for our attention. And so even just Taking a step out into the yard or in a park or on the beach or, you know, right now I'm, I'm looking out as the horses are grazing uh, in, at the base of, of these huge mountains and all of that remembrance, it remembers that we're a part of something much bigger and it helps us with that perspective, but it also helps us connect to the divine mind and bring through those pieces of inspiration, those pieces of remembrance that we so desperately need to move through this world, through this experience with, with greater ease and grace. Mm. I, you know, I've just released a series on self-realization, which has to do with who we are as multidimensional beings. And that series of three books titled Living, Being, and Knowing goes into that. And in your book, Nature, Divine Experiences with Trees, Plants, Stones, and Landscapes, you write that the nature realm is multidimensional. What do you mean by that? How is nature multidimensional so that we can start to grasp 
the mirror of that to us. Yes. And your series is beautiful series. And, and, and I feel like we're all saying the same thing. It's which way resonates, right? Which way really lights you up? And, you know, there's that aspect of nature that is just beauty, right? And, and we're so drawn to that beauty. But what's happening even more is it's life force energy itself flowing through a tree, even a rock, through the different landscapes themselves. And so when we start to connect with the natural world, it moves beyond just this simple admiration, right? Like there's enough to just be in gratitude for open space. But as we begin, and and people who garden seem to have this knowingness, even if they can't quite articulate it, but that life force energy that's flowing through the plants, we can begin to connect or reconnect with that. And we can even move beyond just that one-way admiration into a two-way dialogue with the natural realm. The uh, Let's just look at a tree, right? You've got the physical tree itself. And when we look at a tree, we call it the drip line, right? Like, where the tree's branches branch out, and if it were to rain, you'd see a ring around that drip line. Well, that also correlates with the actual auric field of a tree, just like a human. You know, we have our auric field, and you can work with a tree, you can interact with a tree, and you can actually increase that auric field of the tree. But just simply being, you know, under a tree, you're in that tree's energy field. And when we consciously connect, it creates an amplification. So if we're, the trees themselves have told me so much, you know, humans spend so much time asking, right? Give me a sign, help me, tell me what to do. But we spend very little time listening (laughs) for the answer, for the guidance. And if, If we spend that time under the tree or sitting on a rock or being in our garden or even just looking out our window, we create that connection. It's an energetic connection and it creates an amplification. So then any of the intentions that we're putting out, either of things to call in or things to release in our life, it's amplified in a way that doesn't happen when we're just doing it on our own. And again, it comes back to that unity consciousness that we're all in this together. And as we begin to have those connections, those relationships with the natural world, we begin to understand or we can go into the understanding of the multidimensional aspects that are there. Because there's not just that tree and and the life force energy flowing through that tree, just like the human, right? We've got life force energy flowing through us. There's also the nature spirits that are sourcing that tree and working with that tree to help it thrive and grow. Much like as humans, we have different guides, right? Ascended masters, angels, um, animal spirits that are sourcing us and guiding us. It's very similar to what's going on in the natural realm. So, of course, we have much more in common with the natural realm than we have that is different. Now, I I know you've spoken to it in terms of how we do receive the guidance, and within the book, 
You talk about us connecting to nature in those two key ways, and you spoke a little bit to how we have this individual energetic signature of a specific thing, but then you also say that there's an archetype or energetic signature that guides that particular thing, that particular plant species or landscape or body of water. Can you bring a little more clarity, Anna Maria, to the distinction between those two and how an individual approaches that individually as well as the uh, archetype? Yes. Oh, that's a great question. And of course, we dive into that, especially in the first section of the book. But what we've got is, so let's, let's talk trees. Most people can relate to a tree. And so trees themselves have these archetypal, archetype kinds of energies like strength and resilience, uh, this growth and this expansion. And then each particular species of a tree may have a, a more unique flavor. But then you get down to the individuality of a tree. And I have to tell you, I spent two years under the tutelage of some trees uh, that were communicating with me and explaining the mechanics and these aspects. And they took me into places where I was learning about different personalities that trees have, right? Like, just like humans, they've got different personalities. Some of them, you know, are more engaging and, and more warm. And then I've met some trees that I would describe more, um, maybe like a grouchy old man, right? <laughs> but the fun and the depth of the experience, and it's the same with rocks, right? You'll have a different experience with this rock than you will with that rock. And all of that has to do with the way that it came into existence, right? You've got different types of rocks, sedimentary rocks, metamorphic rocks, igneous rocks. So the way that they came into being, but then there's also a, a personal energy signature that's there. So, and all of us will, will feel this, right? We have certain trees or rocks or or plants, or even landscapes that we're just inherently and almost intuitively connected with. And it doesn't mean that, you know, they all don't have something, but when we feel that draw to a particular tree, to a particular element in nature, we should lean into that because it's almost like, you know, when we're out in a crowd of people and we're just drawn to certain people, for whatever reason, sometimes it's not exposed to us right away. Sometimes it unfolds much further down the line in the relationship. But I found that same uh, interaction, that same energy available to us in the natural world. We, uh, One of our granddaughters, when she was learning about trees, right, that they have these individual personalities and they have this great energy and that you can have this deeper connection. We were horseback riding in the forest and anyone who has children or grandchildren will understand this. Like every minute she was like, what's this tree's name? What's that tree's name? What, what's this? What's that? What is this tree thinking? And I explained to her, I said, you know, like when we are out, maybe uh, at the mall or in a park, and we see all sorts of other humans. We don't always, you know, go up to everyone and say, what's your name? What's your name? But when we feel drawn to a particular one, we'll investigate that. And that seemed to curb her curiosity for a little bit. And then she was able to really hone in on specific trees and ask 
me questions, but also ask the tree questions, right? Because I always say it's great that I can talk to them, but it's more important that each of us as humans remember that we're wired, we're intrinsically wired to have these associations, to have these interactions. We've just simply forgotten, and nature has become a pretty backdrop. I love that that description with your granddaughter, because it really is about cultivating relationships. And we think about relationships in terms of people, uh, or in terms of our jobs sometimes, or certain things like that. But to think about cultivating a relationship with a tree or a plant or a body of water or a mountain uh, is a a foreign concept for many people. And I think a lot of that has to do also because we live in such a busy world that the lack of presence doesn't allow us to consider all of these other beings as beings, but instead consider them as things. Do you have anything that you'd like to say to that? Well, yeah, exactly on each of those points. And I'm reminded about the, the plant intelligence and consciousness studies that go back into the 1920s and the 30s, where they were studying what plants did when there were no humans in the room. And they kind of were just in their own energy field. Uh, there was some overlap between the plants. But any time a human entered the room, they, through their measuring devices, could see that the energy would shift, almost like their attention was turned to the humans. And one of the things that struck me about those studies and then later studies that were continued on the, the coattails of that from the eco-communities in, in, in Domenher in, in northern Italy was this piece about the plants really being excited for us to remember and for us to engage. And, you know, while the book does a great job of explaining how you can do that, right, it explains to you the mechanics of how you would even have an encounter like that, right, through your various uh, intuitive energy channels. But then it explains, like, specific steps that you can take intentionally to, to really create a situation in your energy field that opens you up to have these experiences. But the truth is, we don't even have to do that to have that. There's, there's plenty of examples in my own private practice and, and in the stories in the second part of this book where people weren't even expecting to have it. They weren't even trying. They didn't even know it could happen. I remember one person came to me and said... Let me let you pause right there, Anna Maria, as we go to commercial break, and I'd love to share more about that in the next segment. Nature Intuitive Anna Maria Vasquez leads you into the landscape of remembrance, the era of which ancient teachings have spoken in her first book, Nature, Divine Experiences with Trees, Plants, Stones, and Landscapes, and the third book in the Common Sentience series by Sacred Stories Publishing. Learn grounded processes that will move you into a state of presence, raising your vibration with grace and ease, so you can receive clear and concise messages from nature. You can find out more about her and all of the work that she does at intentiontraining.com. That's intentiontraining.com. We'll be right back with multisensory animal and nature intuitive Anna Maria Vasquez right after these messages.
Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Before we get back to my beautiful guest, Ana Maria Vasquez, and her brand new book, uh, Nature, Divine Experiences with Trees, Plants, Stones, and Landscapes, I want to mention my new series. I've got the first two books already out, and I want to talk about living uh, during this segment, Living is a Life Manual on the Human Multidimensional Experience of Light, Shadow, and Duality in These Times of Turbulence so that you can experience greater peace, personal power, and presence. There is a place of neutrality and equanimity that we are to achieve around all things that are going on in the world right now, especially the harshest, the most painful, the things that we struggle through. But in order to do so, we must start to reframe the experiences that take place in our life, the experiences of things like conflict and challenge, even darkness and death. And once having a compassionate understanding and a gentle kindness to ourselves in learning that these two are blessings and that these specifically are the seven human blessings of experience, we begin to realize a new unearthing of compassion to the world. This is an opportunity in this day and time on the planet to deepen into ourselves, to truly understand our multidimensional experience 
which not only goes into our mind-body-spirit levels, but actually goes into our levels of being, our levels of knowing, and our levels of experience and expression. I'd love for you to pick up my new book, Living, The Seven Blessings of Human Experience. Read just a few lines or a short paragraph a day. These are not books to be sped through or to be read quickly. These are manuals for soul realization. And just a few lines a day are necessary. You will find that things start to awaken and unearth within you as you discover a multidimensional grid that has been living inside of you all along. You can go to my website, to anywhere books are sold, or click on the banner on the top of the show page. And while you're at it, order nature, divine experiences with trees, plants, stones, and landscapes, featuring the author, Anna Maria Vasquez, and many other beautiful storytellers in this book. It is an opportunity to experience the mystical nature of wisdom that has to do with nature. As you uncover personal stories of people who have experienced the magic, the messages, and the healing that nature shares, uh, beginning with an opening piece that Anna Maria shares how to take the mystical of nature and how to allow nature to let it speak to us, to part two where you have these different sacred storytellers share their personal experiences. And then finally in part three, Anna Maria encourages you to take into your own listening and open to the sentient world you are part of. It's an opportunity for you to expand and grow your senses, your intuition, and your guidance, but most importantly, your connection and your relationship with nature, so that you can do as she says. We are shifting from doing things to animals and nature to being in collaboration with them. It's time to collaborate with everyone and everything on the planet. In the last segment, Anna Maria, you talked about listening, and we spoke a bit about the relationship that has to be cultivated. And listening is such an important piece because it requires a deep level of presence and understanding that listening comes from a lot more than the ears. But alongside that listening, there is also this aspect of trust that is really important. And for individuals that are feeling insecure about their personal power or about their place in the world or about whether or not they're truly connected, can you speak to how we engage that form of listening and then begin to trust it? Yes, that aspect of presence we we just rush through our life so much from, from one thing on our to-do list to the next thing, literally running from one thing to another. And so many different voices pulling on us saying that this is important or that is important. And while, you know, I outline in the book some wonderful, simple techniques that folks can do, the easiest is just to go outside and, and be silent when we step into the natural realm and we quiet ourselves, right? We're not thinking about our grocery list. We're not working through some problem, but just being present. We, I remember in the early days when I first started cultivating my relationship with the natural world, 
I would just feel like, man, I'm so brilliant when I'm out in nature, right? I get these big downloads of inspiration and great ideas. And, you know, in, in, in my not unknowingness, I was thinking, oh, it's me, right? But what I learned was it was all of these amazing beings in the natural realm that were helping me remember who I truly be. And that allows that flow to come through. And it allows us to practice that presence, right? So that when we are with other humans, we can carry that with us. You know, in meditation, it's often uh, described as creating that gap so that that divine can come in. And so when we're out in nature and we're intentionally there being present, we can allow that to come in. But I will tell you, there are so many stories. There's, there's a couple, Tim the Tree in the book and, and others from my own private practice, where people would just have these amazing experiences, right? One woman was out for a run and she ran this trail often, right? It was her daily running trail. And she said she ran by this bush and she audibly heard what felt like coming from the bush, it's saying hello. And it so threw her off, you know, that she booked a session with me because she was like, is that possible? And I said, absolutely, it's possible. And the hello is really just the tip of the iceberg. You can either go back physically to that bush and connect again, right? We, we get into our breath and that drops us into our heart space and that creates the bridge into the quantum field, which allows us to connect to any of that life force energy. But even if you can't get back to that special tree or bush or rock, you can, right, everything is energy. She could just sit in her own chair in her living room and get into the breath and drop into the heart space and connect with that bush and find out what else that bush might have to say to her. And almost always, like you were saying, it we are reminded of our infiniteness, of our inherent power. And it's not that old paradigm power, right, of domination, but of how we truly be as conscious creators in this world and in this embodiment. And it's just waiting for us to connect and experience it for ourselves. That reminds me of a story when my uh, elder son was young. He was about uh, between four and five years old. And whenever we were out on the swings, especially at the lake, and the wind would really blow, he would talk about what the wind was saying. And we have that sense as children to tap into things, to listen on a deep level, or at least to allow our imaginations and our playful nature to be open and innocent enough to experience everything as it is. What do you think has to happen for all of us to discard the guardedness that we have taken on that keeps us from the natural world in the true essence that it wants to embrace us with? Yes, that, that sense of curiosity and wonder and imagination that children have that we all have, we've just kind of put a lid on it, right? When we get to a certain age, we outgrow that for whatever reason. But those of us who stay connected is because that curiosity, that wonder, that imagination, that is 
the doorway into the possibilities. And so often people will ask, well, how do I know I'm not making that up, right? Like, trees don't talk, right? (laughs) We've been taught that they don't talk. And so what we have to do is set aside the disbelief. And that imagination actually primes the pump, for lack of better words, that allows the flow to come in. So when we lean into the possibility that there's more going on than meets the eye with the natural realm, it allows those elements, right? Like your son with the element of air through the wind, uh, that element of water, whether it right this morning as I've been looking out the window, the clouds, which are the element of water in a condensed uh aspect of themselves they're moving across the 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 sky in such a rapid piece and and shifting their shapes and again we can receive so many messages from from that but we have to lean into it and really for so many of us who are so busy adulting in our lives to lean into the possibility that there is more going on and to allow our imagination to take us into, to usher us into that other dimension. And we will begin to have those personal and even visceral experiences that let us know, oh yeah, I'm not making this up. (laughs) Maybe I needed a little imagination to allow me to get into that space. But then the natural realm, that life force energy in the natural realm takes over and we so much is revealed to us. And what I love is that it continues, right? Even after doing this for, you know, over 12 years and, and having some amazingly profound connections, even still, the natural realm continues to reveal more and more to me. And I continue to have profound experiences simply even through the writing of the book. There were times, right, as an author or anyone who's ever written knows, you get those times where the flow is just there. And then you have the other times where you're like, huh, nothing's coming. And it was most important to me that it wasn't just my words, that it really was the natural realm speaking through me, what the natural realm wanted to share. And one day I was really in that spot up against it. And so I went outside and I was sitting there and and I said, I really need to know that, that you're coming through and that you are the one that is bringing through the, the wisdom and the guidance that, that the humans need to hear. And within seconds, there was a gust of wind. And from behind me, this hawk flew and so low, much lower than they typically fly around humans here, at least, right over, like from my back, over my head and landed in a tree in front of me. And it was that natural realm saying, don't worry, we got your back here, right? We're not going to leave you hanging here. We have a lot to say to the humans. And in that moment, I could relax. And I knew the next words were going to come. And they weren't going to be coming from me. (laughs) Mm, mm, Yeah, it's, you know, there's so much that the word curiosity that you spoke, there's so much here in this world for us to be curious about. And I think we can get so tunnel visioned with our work or the issues that are taking place or the events on the news and the media that nature provides that large landscape, that vision of something that uh, more closely touches the infinite and the expansiveness, the eternal. Because it's 
so vast in its curiosity of expression and of energy that it holds. And you talk a bit about how energy pools in certain areas and how you've talked about life force. And it's amazing to see how where there can be no life, all of a sudden a sprig of life can come. Or when there has to be decay that, you know, it is the the mushroom species that kind of covers over everything to create that rebirth. Nature has this innate sense to teach us about life, birth, death, rebirth, and all of the cycles that we are here to experience as human beings. Speak a little bit to energy and why and where it pools in certain areas and what we're to do with that. Yes, we as humans, right, the cycle of life, those natural cycles, they're always happening. Nothing on this planet lives forever. Everything is born and grows and expands and then transitions. And yet we are in such resistance about that. And yet when we look to nature, we can see how everything is used for the expansion. And just like in our own bodies, right, we've got these energy uh, fields, these energy meridians, we know that on the earth, we've got those energy meridians as well, right? The aboriginal folks talk about it as spirit lines. Um, in, in ancient Chinese cultures, they talk about dragon lines, that energy. Uh, snakes have been associated with those energy lines on the earth and these natural places where the energy is channeled. And then in different spots, it will also pool up either based on the landscape um, above ground or even what's going on underneath with water. And if we look around the planet, various sacred spaces are, have been established at those points because of the inherent power, right, of that pooled life force energy that is typically running, you know, across the planet or across the landscape that then pools up. And when we, the ancients knew this, and we're starting to remember, uh, when we intentionally work with even rocks, right, because the rocks are electromagnetic beings as well, and they can help amplify, they can help shield us from outside energies that will then amplify whatever we're doing or allow us to have a respite from the outside energy. And in this day and age where there's so much fear uh, really pulling on us and, and, and deciding where we're going to put our attention and people having a hard time understanding or discerning what is the truth. When we work with going to any sacred space or even going into nature, which is an inherent sacred space, we can get that rest, that we can get that clarity, and we can rest in the knowingness of what our truth is as it aligns with that high frequency of love. If we're focused on the fear, we're out of alignment. You may think of the natural realm as what you see all around you in the glorious physical world, but it's much more than even that. Nature is a form of consciousness, the life force energy that embodies the planet. That life force begins with Gaia herself, who formed from cosmic debris 
made up of the elements. This is from Ana Maria Vasquez's new book, Nature, Divine Experiences with Trees, Plants, Stones, and Landscapes. You can find out more about her and all of her work at intentiontraining.com. And once again, the title of the book is Nature, Divine Experiences with Trees, Plants, Stones, and Landscapes, where she's the featured author, among many others that are sharing mystical stories about nature. We'll be right back after these messages. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Before I get back to my guest, Ana Maria Vasquez, and her new book, Nature, Divine Experiences with Trees, Plants, Stones, and Landscapes, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Were these times made for us, or were these times made by us? I want to talk to you about my second book in the series of self-realization. It is titled, Being, The Seven Illusions That Derail Personal Power, Purpose, and Peace. The scales of universal justice are rebalancing the elements of crisis, chaos, and dysfunction within our social systems and our global structures. Being is the second book, which addresses the seven illusions of social conditioning. Time, duality, money, hierarchy, identity, evolution, and war. 
In writing this book, I have taken a bold slant on really illustrating how we have bought into these illusions and how if we really looked at them from a different lens, we would understand how in our control we are being controlled by them. I invite you to explore this level of your multidimensionality and illustrate to you a different type of perspective in terms of it's not whether you are angry or happy, whether you choose to rise to a higher vibration. What if all the vibrations exist within you at the same time? And what if the ones that are unconscious are equally operating? It's time to understand all your levels of being and how they not only impact your life experience, but how they truly are impacting our global experience. Only when we are willing to embrace and adore every aspect within us, the animal, the monster, the shadow, and even the inner demons, will we get to a place where our self-love becomes global love. Pick up your copy of Being the Seven Illusions that Derail Personal Power, Purpose, and Peace. And while you're at it, order your copy of Nature, Divine Experiences with Trees, Plants, Stones, and Landscapes. Anna Maria Vasquez is a well-known multisensory animal and nature intuitive, master teacher, and founder of Intention Training. Her online courses, Let Nature Be Your Guide, Modern Shamanism, and Nature as a Messenger, are popular courses on Sacred You. You can find out more about the new book at intentiontraining.com. This has been a delightful show, Anna Maria, and there's another aspect of nature that is interesting, and I bring this up especially after talking about being because I feel like elements are kind of that part, that hidden part that we don't always recognize that have their own energies that are here to balance the systems of the earth. And yet here in a creative capacity for all that exists uh, within this planet and around us. And I'd love for you to talk about the elements of nature because these very elements that are in nature are the very elements that are within us as well. And I think that when we understand more and more how these elements appear in the natural world around us, we can begin to embrace the fire within us, the, the wind, the water, the earth and ground with which our sacred vessel is made. Talk a little bit about the elements. Yes, so well said. And we, we forget it. We forget that it's not something out there, right? Like the wind or the water or the fire or the earth. It's what we are made of and what we've heard through through stories over time is there were these masters who were able to harness and work in collaboration with the elements in different ways, whether it was interacting in a way to bring in rain or to push rain away. But it wasn't just about a domination. It really came from mastering the elements within them, right? The fire within us. None, like you said earlier, all of these emotions, all of these vibrations reside within us. And how are we going to be with them in a masterful way that honors them and allows us to work 
in collaboration with them. It's that universal principle of as within, so without, as above, so below, all of that in constant work. So I love the elements, right? They're like kin to us because it's an outside manifestation of the elements that we have within us. And there are multiple stories in that second section of the book that talk about some profound interactions that people had. One of the stories that's coming to mind is where these folks were having a ceremony outside. And as they beat the drum and as they sang and chanted, the clouds, right, which we already said earlier, is water, the element of water in another form, would begin to move and change into different shapes that everybody there in the ceremony could see. And at the end, the culmination of their ceremony, which ended with gratitude, it shifted, the cloud shifted into the form of an angel. And they were actually able to take a picture that other people, right? So it wasn't some mass delusion this group of people had, but the element of water in the form of clouds was interacting with these humans in response to the vibrations that they were putting out. And it just reminds us of the possibilities when we get present, when we get intentional about our interconnection and about asking to see the magic, right? Moving from that rushed life to some stillness with an intention of, I want to open up. I'm opening myself up to this magic, to these mystical experiences. And many people can relate to looking at a fire, right? That element of fire, the flame, how mesmerizing it can be and how you can even see different shapes in that fire and how that fire really stands for transmutation, right? Burning away everything that isn't the truth. So only the truth remains. And there are these different ways when we connect with the elements, when we connect with the directions, right? They provide us almost a tangible physical way to connect with that multidimensional energy, that divine life force that's coming through those directions, those elements. And again, we're not separate. We are those. Our bodies are made up of those elements. And so it is a divine ally to source us in remembering and really remembering our true power. Mm, I love that as the divine allies, because that it is that befriending, it is that interconnection that we have to get to with all things that creates the oneness that I think is so often verbalized on the planet, and yet there still exists this consciousness of separation. And I think that, you know, through your book, Nature, it is a way for us to bridge the gap between that separation and that interconnection when you look at the world today and what's going on with animals with our environment with global warming with uh, the way that that Gaia has been treated uh, what do you feel that nature really wants to say to us 
what I hear over and over is the natural realm wants us to remember. They want us to remember that we are nature and that we have, again, those divine allies in the natural realm. Because once we enter into that deep connection, into that relationship, that heart-based relationship with the natural realm, we walk on the very earth herself very differently. We interact very differently. We move, like I always say, from doing things to the animals and to nature to being in collaboration. Something as simple as before we just start moving earth around on a piece of property to get quiet and ask that piece of earth what it wants to be, what energy it has flowing through it. Once we enter into that relationship, we live very differently, right? And we know this through the work with the animals. Once we start to understand and have a fondness, we then shift into even being a protector, being a guardian of. So we can remember a different way to live on this planet that allows the thriving of all of the species, not just the humans and not just some of the humans, but all of us. That diversity and inclusion is very inherent in nature. Nature knows when we all do better, we all do better. A fact that is lost oftentimes on us as humans. We have just a couple of minutes left, and I'd like to ask you, what would nature say we need to do to move from the push of progress and expansion where the world is continuously absorbed for new buildings, new creations, new things that take away nature, to be able to return to a place that honors nature Yeah, that's a great question. And what I hear over and over, it's not an either or, right? It's not either progress or nature, but it's a both and. And we see this in, in, in new emerging ways that nature is being incorporated into buildings where they're actually growing nature on buildings, not just on the rooftop, right? But where it's actually incorporated in the planning of all that and in the open spaces. So it's that piece where, again, if we go out in nature and bring our questions, right, what what else could this look like? We will receive that insight. We will receive that guidance through an inspiration or an idea that will create a new possibility where before there didn't seem like there was one. But there's no reason that we can't all live in harmony together. Just like, I mean, it's, it's a bigger picture of what us humans are trying to learn, just living with the others in our own species, that we can live together in harmony. There's no reason that we can't, and there is enough for all of us. Get to know this beautiful, wise woman in soul, nature intuitive, Ana Maria Vasquez. She leads you into the landscape of remembrance, the era of which Ancient teachings have spoken in this book, Nature, Divine Experiences with Trees, Plants, Stones, and Landscapes. This is the third book in the Common Sentient series by Sacred Stories Publishing. You can find out more about Anna Maria Vasquez at intentiontraining.com. She is a shamanic practitioner, a certified intuitive strategist, and she has several courses that will also support you in your own intention training. Thank you, Anna Maria, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. Until next week, I am Simran. In love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well. 
Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.